Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week. Back on the show after hey, a long I'm here. exodus. Oh, not me. <laughs> well, yeah, you're here too, Rob. Yeah. Rob's here. Rob's Sorry, here. I couldn't get rid of him. I back tried. Back on the show. <laughs> but, but what we're really excited about, Molly Patterson, back at it again. Hello. Back at it again Missed with the white bands. Yeah. What? That's a that's an old meme. That's an old <laughs> meme. Nobody needs those. Anyway, uh, diving right in because we've got a ton to talk about and want to get through this in a brief amount of time. Uh, try not to waste time. your uh, waste your life. Uh, be less less verbose than we were last week. We can do that. We recorded for so long. It was so bad. It was so bad. I'm so anyway. behind on all my podcasts. I uh, know. It's terrible. It's did terrible. You, did you whittle it down I got to it an under hour? an hour, but I cut out like a six like a six minute chunk of me talking that I, I decided the world did time. not need. <laughs> you are all very welcome. <laughs> um I don't know. Oh, so that's our first shortcoming. Short? No, no. That was a that. Long if I had left that in, that would have been a shortcoming. It was terrible. Anyway, uh, so shortcomings this week, though. Uh, really solid sermon, solid effort, A for effort, Rob. Well done, bravo, bravo. Um, but at one point, you were talking about slaves in Israel, and apparently, slaves work from before the sun goes up to before the sun goes down. Let's pause. Before the sun goes up to before the go- sun come goes down. This is about how much sense it made on Sunday, <laughs> yeah. and I was rolling in the back row. <laughs> uh, I was rolling almost as much as when Jacob turned to me and said, why didn't he have a picture of you up there when you were talking about the big baby? The big baby. Um, wow. That's burn on me. Baby. Well played, Jacob. <laughs> that also would have been hilarious. <laughs> to just throw that one in there without you knowing it. Had I known you were going to call it a big baby, I would have submitted myself for that <laughs> uh, that ridicule just for the baby, comedic offense. Baby's face on your body. Oh, I would just with the beard. A, I would have just done a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> My face on a baby body. I don't know something or another. You, Nonetheless, you slaves. A me in a diaper. That would have been ooh, yikes! No, there were kids present. Yeah. Also, people. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so slaves will work from before the sun comes up or at sun up, you know, it's like farmer's hours. They work from sun up to sun down, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe a little after. Longer than you. I don't know what you were doing. It was, it was, it was a giggle, but nonetheless, Mm -hmm. that's Uh, a swing and a miss. That's all I, that's really all I could pick at. You know, (laughs) I'm just, I, I was, I was busting up from it. So I figured we'd throw that out there just so everyone else could enjoy it too. Well, and the other thing is that I didn't read it as a story. I read it at a oh yeah, you kind of Nick pace. Yeah, you kind of clipped through it. You were like story time with Rob. He wants to put the kids down to bed. Like I don't actually <laughs> want to read you this story. We just want to get to the Once part where I tell you to go time, sleep. The end. Yeah, well, it's like um, listening to a podcast and you you turn up to one point five speed. I was just turning it up for everybody. Oh, that's considerate of you. Yeah, that's considerate of you. It's not. I had nine pages maybe, of notes. I, maybe I, not. I had, some, I had some things to work through. Maybe not the best. Maybe not the best approach. But nonetheless, we learned. We learned. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, so let's dive. Let's dive into some actual content here. Um, the first thing that you mentioned in the sermon that we would talk about was structure of the chiasm. Mm-hmm. And what's at the middle of it? 
So you mentioned Genesis chapter one is a chiasm. It's actually a double chiasm. Yes. Like a double rainbow. A double rainbow. <laughs> oh, uh, it's a double chiasm, man. It's the ABCD DCBA. Right. Uh, and it's also the ABCD ABCD, which is my personal least favorite chiasm because those confuse me. But <laughs> we'll talk about that a different day. So this is a double chiasm. Double Dude. chiasm. And in the middle of it. So it ends in Genesis 2, verse 3. All right. And so you have the, the two bookends of, of, of creation. Um, creation starts empty and void. Uh, creation ends, the seven days end with nothingness, with rest. rest, God doing nothing, choosing mm-hmm. to do nothing. So we got our bookends, so that, which our, is what we want to look for for a chiasm. Right. And in Hebrew, if you if you do, just do a word count, you come up to oh, verse fourteen. It says, "And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day and the night, and let them be signs and for seasons, and for days and for years." And the the word seasons. Is actually dead center if you count the Hebrew words, which I did not do. I thank Marty Solomon for uh, providing that little tidbit, providing that little tidbit, and doing the counting for us because I think I would have miscounted. It's a <laughs> lot of words. Um, so that is right in the middle. This the seasons. Seasons. All right. Well, that's that's weird. Now this this word, um, it's uh, Moad. 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 It shows up a number of times in the scriptures, and the most common place it shows up is speaking about the tent, is in Exodus, and speaking about the tent of meeting. What we, uh, it's the tent of Moad, the tent of seasons. Okay. And it's used throughout Exodus, and I believe Leviticus is in Leviticus. Yep, I I remember I I vaguely remember this. Um, I'm gonna link to Marty's. I think this is episode one of his Bama podcast where he talks about this, uh, one or two right there at the very beginning. Um, but I'm gonna link to this if if you want to dive in a little bit more. But I I remember him talking. This is tied with the the festivals, festivals of which point of they talk about in Leviticus mm-hmm. a ton. Yes, because so the festivals Exodus are all tied to seasons. Yeah, the word is used two hundred and twenty three times throughout the scriptures. That's a fair number. Love That's that. yeah. All right, all right. And so, in the middle of creation, is this idea that we are to connect with with God. That were to take time, that because that's at, what these celebrations, these seasons, th- and lead and, to, and the tent of meeting, and the tent of meeting. Yep. Um, and so you know, I love what Rabbi David Foreman says. You know, uh, God created a space for us in His world, a space that was uniquely designed for us to be a part of. Um, 
the world that God lives in, which is the universe. Mm-hmm. So throughout, so out of the universe is one special, unique space called Earth that's finely tuned, yep. created for you and I to live in, and it's a space where, for now, we get to engage w- with God. Well, the tent of meeting is a space mm-hmm. that man gets to put together according you know we were given instruction of what that looks like yeah um but that we get to put together and we create this space for god to enter into our world and so that's from the jewish mindset that's what they're doing when they created the, the tent of meeting when they mm-hmm. uh, put together the the temple and um of course the temple system has has gone to the wayside, but still that uh, we still are invited into that season of inviting God in. Sure. And like when we take worship night mm. once a month, we are setting aside time. We're saying we are going to engage with God. We're going to invite Him in. We're going to create space where God can enter in. Um, yeah, and it's not it's not saying that God's not already there. It's really more. It's more for us. Yeah. It's a focus. to say we're we're setting aside this space, and I'm going to enter into this time or this this physical location, and I'm gonna like God is here, and this is what this is set aside for. Nothing else occurs in this time in this space, which is also what you do with Sabbath. Yeah, which is why when you were saying that at the center of this is rest, right? Um. Uh. Like this is this is the concept of Sabbath. This is the idea that you would set aside time, and Sabbath is really just about connecting. Like it's it's remembering and connecting with God, mm-hmm. on on at its core. I mean, I'm obviously an expert at Sabbath, being a workaholic <laughs> who hates Sabbath and is horrible <laughs> at it. I'm the worst. Um, but in, in like I'm pursuing and trying to get better at this and getting better at acknowledging that mm-hmm. and the need for that. And my understanding at this point leads me to God is at the center of that. And it's a time to connect and reflect and commune and just rest in his presence. I actually believe there's something redemptive about the fact that we start off going, oh, I'm not great at this. I'm going to get better at it. Oh, I'm going to be the best at doing Sabbath. <laughs> so you're going to be a If you don't miss if you resting. don't if you miss the irony in that statement, like uh I'm mm-hmm. so sorry cuz it's it's rich. No, but I I remember um I think it was probably 4 years ago. Um I met up with my best friend and I drove down to McCall to meet her and she was driving up from Twin and we were meeting up and we hadn't seen each other in a few years. Um and I had downloaded a bunch of Marty's things and so I was listening to the first one I had to pull over because I was crying I Mm. couldn't drive because he Mm. was talking about um, Sabbath and rest and how it's so important and I had been stuck in this like I have to do this and this and this to take care of my kids to take care of the house and so I was like okay this is my jubilee and when I come back I'm going to try to do rest different and Mm. so I tried to take that time like, and as a mom, like, you can't take a whole day off. Like, it's not possible. Um, but trying no, to not. find um, pause and, like, things that help me, like, recenter and rest and be like, I don't need to produce. I don't need to do all of the things. 
But then once I've had that chance to rest, I actually come out of it more creative. Like I'm more open to doing things and for sure. Yeah. So yeah, oh, I've, I've felt that I, like the last two weeks I've set aside like 8 PM to 8 PM on Friday night to Saturday night. Um, and coming out of that Sunday way better. Nice. Like yeah. I was way more productive, much healthier mental, like creative solutions to crap much better. Nice. Well, like, Sabbath is not just an absence of work. In fact, if you approach Sabbath as not work, mm-hmm. that's you're going to you're going to miss the point. Sabbath is about enjoying who God created you to be and there's things that we do mm-hmm. that highlight that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and being okay with the fact that some things are going to go undone. Mm-hmm. And being okay with the fact that what I have today is enough. Yep. Because for some of us, if we worked on Sabbath, it would add, a, you know, another seven, you know, ten percent, twelve percent to our income. Mm-hmm. But is having that extra income more important than the things that you would gain through connecting with the Lord, connecting with yourself? You know, sure. having some joy in your life. And, and the people that really do Sabbath well, it means they're working during times when a lot of folks are resting, namely the evening times you sure. know, during the week. And I, I, I found that I've rested at the wrong time and did not rest during the time I was supposed to. And by mixing that up, I was missing out. Sure. Well, that was the other, I pointed this out to my care group last night. So the last couple of weeks where I've been really intentional about setting this aside and kind of a, a Sabbath Nazi in my own life. Um, <laughs> That's like, such a bad. Like, no yeah. work for you. That's a Seinfeld reference, like it, the soup Nazi. It's, it's um, such a bad, that's such a bad <laughs> juxtaposition of We're rolling terms. with it. We're rolling with it. Nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> Like really, really kind of being a stickler for myself on this. Um, Speaking of the Auschwitz Memorial oh, coming geez. up, 75th anniversary. Why? Oh my goodness. Anyway, now I'm feeling. Nope, still don't feel bad. I'm using the term. <laughs> using the term. It's a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, what it did. What it right. did was it made me. It made me prioritize the stuff that I had to get done earlier in the week. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Like it, it, and so I, I, I literally had to list this out and it was like, okay, what has to happen and what do I need to get done first? And then if I don't get to everything, what am I okay dropping and being like, What's your All sacrificial right, lane? it's enough. Like what, what ends up, you know, carrying over to the next week maybe, or just doesn't really need to happen. Um, and that definitely made the previous six days or whatever more productive. Right. Super good. Right. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Am not good at it. <laughs> Am not claiming to be good at it. I still suck at it. Making steps. It's good. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, like I said, I'll link to, I'll link to Marty's stuff on that. And then you can be like Molly and cry and <laughs> driving to McCall. And if you have um, a better term than Sabbath Nazi, please email <laughs> Logan at Mission Ridge. I, I feel like that should be shortcomings for next week. <laughs> and, uh, and just, just, just let Logan know what the appropriate term should be in this case. 
wow. All right. That I'm looking forward to not getting any emails on that. Uh, nonetheless, let's talk about formless and void. <laughs> uh, so in the beginning, God created uh, from the nothingness. Uh, chaotic right? nothingness. The chaotic nothingness. Because it, 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 it uses this term formless and void. What So the Jewish uh, Old Testament Tanakh that I have... Uh, they translate it astonishingly empty. Astonishingly empty. And then Marty, he calls it nothingness in a it's blender. It's chaotic nothingness. And the analogy that he drops is you take nothing and you throw it in a blender. And you hit whip. And you hit whip. Yep. And you hit whip. It's, it's this nothing in a blender, which just sounds like a burnt out blender motor but that you know, would be chaotic that would be chaotic maybe maybe that's what you're talking about but it's this this idea of like there's it's not just a peaceful <laughs> nothingness like it's i'm picturing isaiah over there whip whip <laughs> whip, oh, whip whip if you don't know who at isaiah what point is, is he gonna nay nay he uh he'll be over there hitting the button whip whip there you go there you go chaotic nothingness yeah, and this is the one time that we see chaos. I mean, God says yes, there was chaos, and when sure. God speaks, there's chaos. And and uh, you know, I, I wanted to make sure at the end of the sermon that that I highlighted the fact that we still experience chaos. Like, there's no doubt that we experience chaos. But when I let God speak into that chaos, oftentimes there comes peace. Sure, and I I would. Encourage you, like, keep this in mind that God brings order, like He speaks order into the chaos. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, hint, hint, it might be coming back in weeks two and three. Mm. Like this might be a reoccurring theme that we see of this this concept of bringing order to chaos. In fact, this might be a reoccurring theme throughout all of Scripture. I would maybe make the case. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Jesus might bring some order to chaos. Just saying. Just saying. Through his words. Maybe. I, I yeah. don't know. Maybe. Uh, you can go look. Go find the meaning of that. <laughs> One other thing that this popped into my head. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how it starts. Right. Versus the Egyptian creation myths or anything else. They always start with the chaotic nothingness. Mm. And so it starts from the chaotic nothingness. And then out of that comes like Amon Ra on a mound of dirt or whatever, right? right? Whatever have you, right? It yeah. starts with this chaotic nothingness. And it's not like, this is this is a difference that we see right off the bat is in the beginning God, and then he creates, and there's this chaotic nothingness from what he creates, and then he brings order to it. Like, it's a reversal, and mm -hmm. it's subtle, but it, it's kind of a fun little difference. Which I think might play, which which might play a little part. Which kind of, and I don't remember if we talked about this on on this podcast. But you know, there's these, there's these couple theories of you know did did the Egyptians take the cosmic you know telephone game of oh yeah of the I mentioned this story on the, on the introduction sermon yeah. Yeah, yeah this is your like is this how it happened and then. It got jumbled up over the years. Because there's all these yep. cultures that have these creation stories and have these flood stories. Mm -hmm. Odds are there was a creation and there was a flood. I mean, just all these different yeah. Smart cultures. money says. And did is, is God redeeming these stories? Or 
this, is there an enemy of our faith that's coming in and trying to confuse the story? And so he he makes sure that these stories get manipulated and and you know things added and all that kind of stuff that and it takes a story down a different path. Yep. And and God's coming back to his people and going, I'm going to plumb line this. We're gonna sure. We're gonna recenter this. This this is the story that you tell the story this way. Which, all right. So fast forward. We're gonna jump. We're gonna jump topics here, but it, it ties in. Like I didn't realize this was gonna segue perfect. But uh, other thought that I had while you were talking, Big Bang, yes, versus the Egyptian creation story. Mm. Our Big Bang, like the current scientific, like you you listen, and this is usually juxtaposed. I'm gonna try not to get on a soapbox here, but this is usually juxtaposed against the Christian view mm. of like you can either have the scientific view or you can have the Bible view, and they don't go together, and never the two shall meet, right? Mm. <clears throat> Which me personally, I think that's a load of hooey. But that's all I'm gonna say on that. So your big bang theory starts off with this giant violent explosion at the beginning of the universe sure right there's nothing and out of this giant explosion everything is just chaotically thrown out in a random huge explosion and from this chaotic nothingness or chaotic everythingness <laughs> that the universe is now expanding and then you get all of this violent chaos and you know light you know every time you hear anybody describe how humanity could have come from the primordial sludge right it's always violent and there's like like listen to how the earth was created in the science books or whatever like whether or not it happened that way or not i'm not i'm not arguing that just look at the the imagery that they use to describe it listen to neil degrasse tyson or whatever talk about this it's they're going to use the word violent right like This is a this is just it's it's violent and it's chaotic and it's crazy and it's intense. And then you compare that, well, that sounds a lot like the Egyptian and the Greek and the Titans battling the gods and all these other gods that are angry, and then somehow humanity pops out of this and is an accidental like byproduct mm-hmm. of the yeah. gods fighting and warring and all this crazy 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 chaos and explosions. I don't know, maybe we're still telling the same stories. Maybe. Well, maybe. maybe. I don't know. And when I'm reading through this Genesis account, and, and it says God created the greater light and the lesser light, right? And mm-hmm. the stars. Well, we know that the sun is not the biggest sure. star out there. Like, it is a pretty small star comparatively. It's kind of a baby star. It's a baby star. <laughs> Other shortcoming, your baby voice and your mama voice, pretty much the same thing, but continue. Mm-hmm. Well... For a reason. <laughs> I can't go that high. Let's <laughs> get Thea to come up next time. I can't even. More of a bass. <laughs> bass all told. <laughs> Versus soprano. Sorry. Oh. Uh, now that I've derailed you, continue. <laughs> you know, and so God's God's using language that they could understand at that time. It's, sure. He's not using scientific language. I don't know if we can say that enough. Like, one more time for the people in the back. I don't know. Did God create the heavens and earth? Yep. Absolutely. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 answer all the questions scientifically about how that took place? Nope. I don't think so. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no on that one. And now I do. There is a scientist that I follow on Twitter that she has come up with. Well, she d- hasn't come up with her. She is communicating on Twitter about a theory that kind of were the Big Bang theory and six days of creation mm-hmm. and and um, the closer to the bang. Um, the faster time moved, and 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 so theory, oh, sure. theory of relativity, and and all this kind of stuff, and so, um, you know, a day, today's day, would have been a billion years. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it's really interesting. It's you know, science keeps learning more and more and more. I think there will come a time where science, and uh, I don't think they're at opposition like god and science are not at opposition no there's some scientists that are at opposition to creation and creationism and very much so and And, but this is a finely you know this is a finely tuned world like to think that this is accidentally came together that takes a lot more faith i think than than yep just to trust that god actually did this you know we were we're good friends with a, a, a man named Dusty Van Hoffwigen. Mm, uh, Dusty, such a good name. Mm. But uh, he's my he's my go-to on this because he mm. did a lot of work on uh, intelligent design, just for layman terms or whatever. Right. Uh, but uh, I reached out to him and I got I got some some resources because I was like, okay, so if people want to dig into this, because we're not you and me. Any of us three, we're not uh, we're not rocket scientists, and we're not uh, well, unless Molly's hiding this. Are you? No, astrophysicist no okay <laughs> all right uh it's too much math she didn't want to do the astrophysicist route so she so went with the art okay cool yep. nailed it that's like me with the music so <laughs> it's fine um so us talking about it like we're not the experts so you should go we're research pleased. this with some people that are much smarter than us but we're we can direct you to that organisms talking about creation <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> so uh i'm gonna link some interesting stuff in the show notes, if you're interested in that topic, then you can go dive right on into that. Rob, send me that uh, the lady on Twitter. I will. Uh, I'll link that too. Um, you can go just dive right on down that rabbit hole. It'll be a ton of fun. Now, Dusty has his master's or doctorate? Doctorate. He's doctorate. Dr. Dusty. He's he now doc- teaches down at Azusa Doctor Pacific. Dr. Dusty. And mm-hmm. he... Tell us a little bit of the background. He, it was uh, we met him in Moscow because he was at the U of I doing his doctorate, and I believe it's in microbiology, if I remember correctly. I think so. And he basically threw a big old wrench in some he, sort of experiment that was, was held on a high pedestal <laughs> was by high the pedestal. evolutionary group of people. Yeah. Um, and it points towards it was this maybe guy's some intelligent like, design. Like, I mean, he'd been doing this for like 15 years. Yeah. And Dusty did pretty much the exact same thing in a semester, I think it was. Two semesters. Oh. Like, Dude is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Dusty's, he knows the stuff. He's mm-hmm. he's fascinating. So when he when he gives me things to look into, it's worth my time. So there you go. Shout out to Dusty. Yeah, yeah. Dusty. And Dina. Hi. <laughs> that's his wife yeah she's pretty cool too i like her yeah, they have adorable is. children mm-hmm. oh yeah uh all right let's talk about according to its kind 
according to his kind. So that is another repeated theme, mm-hmm. ten times in the creation account, and it's going to come up again in Genesis six and seven. Oh, with uh, Noah. Imagine that Noah a reoccurring and his, thing in his ark. Maybe there's a bigger story being told. And then it's also uh, used multiple times throughout Leviticus in the kosher laws. Well, and we're Gentiles. We don't need those. Those aren't important. That was sarcasm. Uh, your statement was not kosher. I'm just going to say. <laughs> He's had a lot so far. <laughs> a lot of unkosher comments today. Yikes. Oh, um, Molly, you've been missed. Before it was just me versus Rob. <laughs> now I'm being teamed up on. This is fun. It's fine. I'm an equal opportunist. I go after both. If there was one statement in the creation account that I would just point to <coughs> and say God really wants to indicate that creation happened very purposefully mm-hmm. and actually stands against the um, random chaos. Well, random chaos and 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 oh, natural selection process mm. is that God created things according to their kind, mm. and as much as that theory that Darwin presented, uh, as as much as the scientific community wants to like hang their hat on that, some of the scientific community. Some, some of the scientific community. Um, yeah, I, and I agree. I mean, that's kind of like saying all Christians do this and all. Yep. You know, whatever. Uh, but that's uh, that's the one statement that I think really you stands wrestle, out. You got to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, um, yeah, according to it's kind of another another repeat thing. There you go. All right. Now, last but not least, definitely not least, probably the greatest of these uh, would be (laughs) a little remez. (laughs) The discipleship aspect. Like, what is this? What is all of this? Like, this is all cool. This is all great. Like, Genesis is a poem, learning cool things, chiasms, A, B, C, D, D, C, B, A. Like, it's all sorts of great stuff. Hmm. What does this actually mean to me if I'm just trying to make some disciples for Jesus? Yeah. Like yeah. what is this actually how do how do I apply this? I think this is one of the first conversations we should have with someone who is brand new to the relationship with God. All right. Why? Well, one God takes I'll a group of Greek people. Of God takes a group of people to Mount Sinai. Okay. And he's going to have an introductory conversation with them about who he is. Oh. And he starts right here. So if if I'm having a conversation with somebody who's new to the God concept, new to Jesus, maybe I should introduce them to who God is. That might be a big part of it. And And who God says they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. And God does that in Genesis 1. Boom. Right off the bat. Boom. Yeah. Seems like That seems like a real good place to start for me. With a big baby paragraph. <laughs> With a big baby. It's a big old Logan paragraph. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, Genesis 3 is completely throughout 
all of our society. <clears throat> we know that that's Shh, this we haven't isn't gotten there good. yet. No, I'm kidding. Spoilers. <laughs> no, go ahead. Genesis three. But we like this goes back to the conversation of why you need to start with Genesis one. Like mm. we already know the world is screwed up. Like we already know that we it is we make mistakes. Sadly, yes. I thought that's what how it was supposed to be. Oh. We all I have our <laughs> our Egyptian experiences that that tell us that we're a mistake that we mm-hmm. that we're lower in the totem pole than everybody else that you're wrong that we're broken yep. that that our values found in what we we could produce mm. we all have those egyptian experiences that make us question uh are we valuable sure how do we how do we identify how do we know we're valuable um where that do you where do you find your worth that says the world is chaotic and why is the world chaotic mm-hmm. you know um you know one of the things that we really didn't talk about but from the the Egyptian account the world is in chaos because of the gods yeah I think what we're gonna see is the world isn't in chaos because of the gods the world is in chaos because people mm-hmm. well that's what I tell my kids a lot of the time like um when they're they say mean things to each other or something. I'm always like, that's not what we're going to be about. We're going to be about bringing the world back together. And that doesn't bring the world back together. And I'm like, and that starts here in the home. Like if you're not practicing that here with us, then you're not going to be able to do that well with other people. Mm. Um, and so, and I'm like, you can be upset. Like I'm fine with you being angry at your sister for saying something like that's fine, but you're not going to retaliate because that creates a bigger divide. Um, and I want, I want us to be about bringing people together and showing them a different way and letting them know that they're enough. They don't have to do things to be enough. They are enough. All in favor of voting Molly as mother of the country? <laughs> no. I? No. <laughs> I. All right. The ayes have it. Molly's now in charge of mothering the country. Too much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> too much pressure. <laughs> I'll let you start with Congress. What? <laughs> <laughs> the, the panicked expression. As gold. I have said for years that Congress needs a bunch of like moms coming in <laughs> and be like, Set "You don't down. have the money for this. You don't get to do this." And, and you can't talk. Stop, stop talking. Mean. Stop talking to people, stop nice. people like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't say anything at all. Oh man, Congress <laughs> would just. Oh, that somebody should make a parody YouTube video. <laughs> Josh, what? <laughs> All right, go funny. for it. <laughs> no, that's good because that's I. I think I think you're completely on. I was playing devil's advocate there a little bit uh, to give you some reason to talk about that, but uh, I th- I agree that's completely. Softball toss. Like here, Rob. Why should we do that? <laughs> um, yeah, that's. It seems like that's a real good place to start. Uh, so I don't know if it's good enough for God. Hmm. I don't know. I should at least give it a go. This, Maybe. Yeah. Before I try to reinvent his wheel. <laughs> yeah. I think you that's know, part of the problem. We keep trying to reinvent the, his wheel. Obviously. You <laughs> know, Jesus Jesus said, you've heard us said, uh, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Well, that's not the verse. Mm-hmm. The verses love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. 
And so when we talk about what God says in ways different than, than the way God says it, it's dangerous. And when we lop off the first two chapters of Genesis, Genesis and start the conversation with Genesis 3 mm-hmm. as the... As hey, let me tell you about God and how mad He is at you. Well, when I read Genesis three, I don't see anyone who's mad. But I don't. Know, we'll read that in a couple Sundays. You could tell me if I'm wrong. There you go. I don't know. I think that serpent might have been mad. He lost his legs. Hmm. So like a snake would be super weird with legs now. Maybe. Uh-huh. Be creepy. Creepy? I feel like it's weird the snake was talking, but well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we are. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you missed that part, did you? Huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, that's been a good time. Well, uh, all right. Let's uh, wrap this up. Molly, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you back with us. Thanks. It's yeah. been nice to be back. You bring you bring such goodness to this conversation. It's Tove Mayode. We finished well within the time limit oh, that she so gave much to better. us. So much better. Like four, four whole <laughs> minutes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we'll catch you next week. Uh, if you want to complain about soup Nazis or or whatever I said, then Logan at missionridge.church will just throw me under the bus this week. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. It's Do fine. Do it because we care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I stand firmly by everything that I just said. That was nothing wrong with those analogies. Uh, fight me. But <laughs> maybe a little with the first one. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, join us on Sunday if you want. We're going to be going through Genesis 2. Uh, it'll also be Tove Mayode, maybe. Genesis it 2. It will not be good. It will not be good. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. Mm. Now they're all just confused. You're going to just have to show up on Sunday, 1030, at our offices. It's uh, good. Is it bad? You don't know. You'll find uh, out. We'll just find out. We'll find out. Uh, how many? When do the slaves work? Will Rob get it right? Stay tuned. All right. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs> You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.